news, opinion, insights. This is Talking Mighty, the social media podcast by Mighty Social. Visit our website at mightysocial.tech. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another podcast brought to you by Mighty Social. This is Talking Mighty, your one-stop shop for news, opinions and insights on the world of social media. I'm Alistair Reid and we're back again with our esteemed guest, lovely Victoria Jenkins. Hello, welcome back, Victoria. How are you? I am very well, Ali. I am particularly excited for this podcast because Pinterest is one of my favourite social media platforms from a personal perspective. And we can hear you properly this time as well, which is good. Uh, Elise Mendel, again, welcome back to you. Lovely to have you back. How's it all going? Very good, thank you. Again, like Victoria, I absolutely love Pinterest. I spend far too much time on this platform and looking forward to talking about 2022. <laughs> yeah, me too. And last but by no means least, we have a new face on the podcast, although we should we say new voice. Uh, he's He's been in our webinars before and he's just been finished sunning himself in Thailand for three weeks. Um, he's Charlie Walsh. Hello, Charlie. How are you doing? Hey, all. Thank you, Alistair, for the fantastic intro. Um, no, it's great to be back and it's, it's great to be talking about Pinterest as well. It's, um, it's a platform that definitely interests quite a few. So it's good to sort of delve into it a little bit more and, uh, yeah, and have a discussion about it. Yeah, Pinterest is one of those, it's one of those really interesting ones, isn't it? It's, um, I mean, it's still ranking, I think, fourth most popular social media site among, in pretty much most countries, but mainly in the US, UK. 444 million people use it worldwide and that's an awful lot of people um and yeah it's sort of such a huge growth over lockdown it's been just going from strength to the center i know the user numbers have had seen a slight decline since we've been able to go back into normality again and uh, that leads me on to say that this next the next podcast we do might actually even be get to be doing person with everybody because we're living in a world now guys the where we can actually see each other physically at work again so that's very exciting uh we're back to the matter at hand pinterest so the reason we wanted to talk about pinterest is because obviously it's it's a social media channel unlike any other i think anyway it's sort of stands on its own as being uh, a leader in, in its in its field and it caught my eye the other day because um, they have released a whole new bunch of insights as to how men are using the app and how because it's traditionally um, I suppose seen as a female dominated platform um, which is not a bad thing whatsoever um, but they've released a whole new set of insights about how men are using the app uh, for their shopping journeys and um, it's sort of reaching around sort of 27%, I think, of US men, around 25 to 54, um, which is, a, you know, I suppose a good demographic for them because they're, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's an age with more disposable income and, you know, brands can use that to, to inspire men to go out and then make for, uh, further purchases. Um, so what do we think in terms of Pinterest usage in 2022? Do you think we're going to start to see the same, uh, same usage numbers going into 2022 or what, what do you think is what's going to happen? I think initially it depends. It, it, it's, it's the same with all sorts of social media platforms and, 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 and the state the world didn't. I think realistically it depends on lockdowns, how much time people have got in their hands and a variety of other stuff. Um, if people are out of lockdown, they are back in the office, they are back to work. It's expected that people have less time at home online. 
that's probably where Pinterest had its search, um, surge of, of, of people using it day in, day out and, and, and putting stuff together. It's almost not necessarily out of boredom, but just sort of like aspiring for something or when we're out of this, this is the sort of thing that we can get into our homes, whether it be, I don't know, getting a bathroom fitted or getting some area of the house sorted that you can't necessarily do in lockdown. So naturally, I do think there'll be some sort of decline, um, not as many people using it. Um, on the other flip side of it, and this might be a little bit more controversial, and, and this is why I think Victoria maybe um, at least have a difference of opinion, is actually it needs to have more of an offering than what Facebook and Instagram does, can't you, on your e-commerce front as well. It's very much being sort of a mood board and an ideas piece, but in actual fact, how I look at stuff, and especially when we're putting together marketing plans and stuff like that, past that point of actually becoming a mood board and putting together ideas and stuff like that, how do you push on from that? You know, is it a case where they're just building an awareness on that and going over to another platform? Or is it a case where Pinterest are able to build something that's going to be a lot more sustainable than that? So I think the involvement and the evolution of the actual uh, e-commerce area of Pinterest will be key in how people are going to be using it this year. Yeah, yeah I think you're right in terms of, they need to take that push from inspiration towards action and getting consumers to actually, you know, pursue and purchase through the platform while staying on it and not deviating from that platform. So, you know, time will tell whether they're successful in that. They seem to be making a huge push towards um, e-commerce and making the shopping experience easier and more um, fluid as well. Um, you know, I've noticed in my searches, in my feed, um, when I'm searching that products are coming in and the sort of ads are being placed in a slightly different way. And I do think that, you know, depending on the sophistication and the level of that experience will really depend on whether users are going to continue. But that being said, and this might be slightly controversial, is, you know, historically, Pinterest has been known as almost like a positive happy place and if it's pushed too far towards social commerce and you know it is too similar where ads are being pushed at you all the time people might get turned off and then not want to even dip in for their inspiration anymore mm. from where i'm sitting i sort of always feel like pinterest has kind of almost been separate um to any other social channel in that respect because i'm often I often click on ads on Pinterest by accident because I don't realize they're ads. I think they've got that. It's obviously teams like your team, Elise, where they are doing a fantastic job in designing uh, Pinterest ads to make them blend in with the feed. And I think that's what really sets itself apart. And, you know, all of a sudden I'm finding myself on a website that I really didn't, I didn't have no idea what was going on because I clicked on this image and I wanted to pin it because I, you know, I thought it was a cool image or, uh, and all of a sudden I'm there. So I think as long as they can retain that, then they're going to continue, continue to sort of lead the way in that area. And as, as definitely for a sort of a paid media standpoint, obviously it's our job to make sure it does blend in and is as natural as possible as well. So I completely understand in the creative front, how important it is to have a compelling little bit content up that is going to blend in not be too dissimilar to what people are used to and also making sure that the user experience is not too dissimilar from what they're used to as well so i think at least brought up some interesting points to go actually how far can you push pinterest in a particular area and i think the way to 
bridge the gap and this is something that they haven't necessarily thought of or haven't necessarily considered just yet is how important influencers are in this in this area you know how important the, the content is so on and so forth i think if you entice certain creators to make more sort of brand sponsored content and directly link it to products via its tagging feature it could also help pinterest capture sort of a greater share of the growing social commerce market and i think that's that's speak that speaks volumes about where it can go without obviously losing what pinterest is known for which is obviously um sharing interests and putting together mood boards and a variety of other stuff to actually show um sort of the personality of someone as opposed to sort of their shopping intent or their buying intent based on likes or or interest that they've shown on facebook you know Mm. where do you think it sits in terms of gen z um audiences pinterest because obviously we're living in an age of, of tiktok and whatnot and we spoke at length about tiktok in our last podcast about its growth weight and its and, and its popularity amongst a young generation but how does how does pinterest feature in this sort of short form video content world that people are wanting to that people are wanting to consume more and more now well during 2021 pinterest gained an additional 100 million monthly followers and a lot of that was the new demographic so men and generation z so i think they're definitely a core demographic for pinterest to focus on and you can see the type of content they're producing on like the pinterest kind of report that came out recently about the pinterest predicts a lot of the trends are kind of focused on generation z there's lots of interesting um trends for them on like dopamine dressing dressing to suit your mood um also on like rebel hairstyles the mullet is really big this year apparently um and a lot of those trends everything from kind of luxury dog beds to a a lot of those are focusing on things that generation is really interested in and you're seeing a lot more video content as well into that generation video content i think is an interesting one do you think brands should create video content for pinterest in the style of tiktok and real videos or does it still need to be different obviously it needs obviously all creative needs to be designed specifically for the channel but in terms of actual concept and sort of styling does it does it need to be similar do you think yeah i think they have a challenge there because to be relevant and to fit in amongst the other platforms they do need to be competitive and keep up but if you're a dedicated pinterest user and you get a short form video that is completely different from what you're pinning. You know, for example, if you're, you know, redesigning your bathroom and all of a sudden some sort of influencer type content, I mean, let's say it was somebody redoing a floor, that might work. But if it's, you know, some fast paced music style video that, you know, is gonna be quite jarring, um, is that gonna work? I'm not sure. Um, It could be, just too foreign for the platform that it's on. And, you know, if they try and mimic and try and copy, let's say TikTok TikTok or Reels, um, you know, is that the wrong road to go down personally? (laughs) I don't know what you guys think, but I'm not so convinced. (laughs) Yeah, I, I I think with sort of video content, it almost goes back to sort of the integrity of Pinterest. I feel like you almost need to respect the platform, respect the people that are using it and the sort of content that they want to see. If they want to have a a brand awareness piece on TikTok, it's obviously going to be a lot different because of how TikTok is and the other videos that you're seeing. Whereas, like you said, if you're mixing with a lot of organic pins um, and a variety of other stuff that that are like-minded, but yours sticks out like a sore thumb, I almost feel like that could get some sort of bad traction as opposed to good traction. And I feel like that could not necessarily 
detrimental, but it won't have the impact that the content is supposed to have or the what the brand would want it to have. So I think with that said, I think it's definitely under consideration to um, to make specific content for Pinterest. It's not like um, TikTok and Instagram Reel where they can be similar. They're two different platforms. I think we need to treat them as such. It's interesting though that they required um, a video editing app, uh, Vochi, Voki. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, which is, you know, I suppose designed to sort of expand its its creator tools. So obviously they're they are looking at TikTok as with it with kind of the same way that Meta are thinking. Hang on a minute, we need to we need to try and keep up with these. But I think as we've all said, I kind of sort of feel like you know if they, they don't to stand alone and be their own thing they are they are what they are they are unique in what they do um and you know to try and keep try and keep imitating everybody else isn't necessarily the right way forward i think twitter is a really good example of a platform that has you know developed evolved uh, made really good changes but at the same time has stayed quite true to their original purpose and the original setup of the platform and you know, it's very, very different from, let's say, Facebook or TikTok or Instagram, but, you know, that works in its favor. So potentially Pinterest should just stay the course and make sure that they're, you know, meeting the needs of their users and not just trying to jump on a bandwagon. I, th- I think so. And and what you just said about Twitter there, I think Twitter has been so careful not to overset the mark in regards to what they can do. Of course, they could probably do a video sharing um, service at the top with stories and stuff like that. But I think they were smart to do spaces instead where it's literally not all podcast like, but it's all just a, a massive conversation in the room. Everyone gets to say their piece. There's a, there's a, there's a founder speaker who gets to distribute who gets to speak when and where. And I think that's Twitter to a T and I think Pinterest will have one, one eye on that to go, actually it's smart how they've done that. It makes sense how they've done that. And actually they haven't gone too far from what they stand for and what the brand stands for. And I think, yeah, I think Pinterest keep that in mind and, and that's why they don't want to, they don't want to get too involved in the TikTok area because that's not them either, you know? Dive into the world of social media with Talking Mighty. They release every year Pinterest predicts, um, which I think we all read with with bated breath and to see where it's going. What do you think? Have any of them come true? Have they stood out to you? What what, what ones stood out stand out to you this year that are big, being the particular ones to watch? So I'm a massive fan of Pinterest predicts. I look at it quite a bit when we're searching for trends, whether that's actual topics or even kind of design or stylistic trends. And I think last year in 2021, eight out of 10 trends Pinterest predicted actually came true. So, you know, it is a very accurate source for kind of seeing what's coming up and watching out for trends. There's quite a few cool trends this year, which I would recommend looking out for. Um, One of the big ones is I think the word luxury appeared more times in the Pinterest report than in any other word it appeared and not about luxury as we might consider it like in the automotive or fashion sector but things like luxury laundry rooms was big, Uh, luxury dog beds were massive um, in the report so kind of thinking about how to apply luxury but to kind of everyday elements of your life um, and how to make them more luxurious uh, luxury book spaces to go read in your house things like that are all really important for the next year ahead that's interesting that luxury angle do you think that has anything to do with their 
other report on the sort of the increase in male users and you know male users are typically and I'm, I'm generalizing here very much typically more highly brand conscious willing to pay more for brands that they know and they trust do you think the luxury element of that is is, 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 is some sort of correlation I don't know I mean it did appear 12 times in the report but if you look at a lot of the ways it's appeared it's like luxury silky nightwear things like that I don't think they're just like I think some of the trends really relate to what's going on in the world and you know the the sort of emotional escape rooms and well focus on well-being and sort of the travel element people are looking to celebrate this year and sort of you know have this emergence from what we've been through in the last few years and the trends seem to be really revolving around that and perhaps that's where the luxury element comes in where we're just all fed up we need to treat ourselves and really you know why not get a luxury bed for your dog why not get you know a silk nightgown that you've never had um you know despite soaring prices and <laughs> low inventories i still think people are you know, going to push it so that they can treat themselves and really, you know, go to new places and see new things, have new experiences and really look after their well-being and sort of prioritize, I would say, mental health as well. It's going to hit us hard, isn't it? When we yeah. are all traveling all over the world, but still <laughs> want to buy our dog a luxury dog bed. It's going to, it's going to kill us in the bank account. It's, uh, and that's just the luxury dog bed rose 115% in the last year. So this isn't a small increase. This no. is huge. I think I need to get my hands on one of these luxury beds. <laughs> <laughs> they look like furniture. They're like fascinating or like loaves of bread or something. There's so many like cool dog beds out there. It's uh, no longer the standard dog bed. One of the trends that I found interesting as well was this nighttime sort of travel exotic destinations, but things really focused on night. Um, yeah. I can't tell you the number of times people have told me recently that they've been to Iceland um, as a travel destination and that sort of night sky goes with that trend, I think. I mean, it just seems like <laughs> the destination at the moment. Yeah, and I think the nighttime trend is really interesting because I've seen people using it to rediscover their home and look at it in a different way as well. So there's obviously like Iceland is massive and I've just seen that a lot on my Pinterest inspirational Northern Lights. But I've also seen people, you know, um, discovering like their city by night that they might not have seen before and kind of looking at it through a different angle, a different lens, um, which I think is quite interesting. So rediscovering familiar areas. Um, but looking at them through a different perspective. I think what one that, um, that stood out to me, I might have been doing this from sort of a client side sort of thing, was the uh, the curved appeal and how much that has sort of having an impact on how people are shopping this year in regards to interior shopping. So I think what I gauge from that is how much Pinterest can probably influence people's decision making in regards to how they actually have their homes. So that's how much that's how much it means to people now and, and, and stuff like that. So I think from the off cuff of the world being 100% agree even from someone who's just been around the world for three weeks and got back recently, that is, is, is so refreshing to see stuff like that and, and, and prioritize things like that as well. And even mental well-being about still working from home, but it's looking at it in a positive situation can only benefit everyone. But um, on the flip side of stuff, I think that curved appeal was, uh, was very interesting and it will be, um, be interesting to see how the market reacts to it and how it performs over the next 
I don't know, six to 12 months based on um, based on sales and, and particular trends, you know? Yeah, definitely. I think it's interesting, Victoria, you mentioned sort of scrolling through photos on Pinterest. And I wonder if as Instagram becomes more focused on video and reels and, you know, short form content, if that could be, you know, to, in, uh, to Pinterest's advantage, really, where, you know, it becomes more of a sort of photo sharing site um, as opposed to just purely for inspiration. I, I agree with I that. I think it's, it's one of those, um, one of those places where like, what I love about Pinterest is when I go on it, everything's tailored to me. It's like you go on it and you're treat, you're treated to just all the things that you're interested in. You don't have the, you, you, and you escape all of everything else. You bypass everything else. Um, and for me, it's less about inspiration to build, like for decoration and that kind of thing, although I have used it for that. For me, it's more like if I'm really interested in a subject, like let's just say, for example, mod culture or, or you know, rockabilly culture or, or whatever it might be, you can go there and just escape into a world of what you like to look at. And that could be Thai beaches, that could be, ferris wheels whatever whatever it might be but you can just get lost in a world of everything that you like to look at and thinking of it in those terms i think it's still it's going to be it's going to remain really relevant i think you're absolutely right right at least as the world goes increasingly video and increasingly creator-led having a space whereby you can just browse and consume content that you're that you love is i think it's going to be really valuable and I think that's a really good point. Like you mentioned high beaches there. When I read the Pinterest trend report from kind of 2021, actually people searching for travel didn't go down even in like lockdown because I guess it's a different mindset on Pinterest. It's more that plan in ahead mindset. So even if it's something you can't do right now, it's kind of aspirational for the mm. future. So people are still kind of looking to consume that type of content, even if we get another lockdown, travel and things are still going to be a core category on Pinterest. I think what it also shows that it doesn't have to be that. I mean, I, Victoria, when we first went into lockdown, you shared a link to, was it um, Window Gateway or something? Yeah. <laughs> I found that today. I was searching my emails for something. I can't I think I was searching for working from home. I wanted to see when, when it was that we started working from home. And I saw this link and I, and I lost about 20 minutes to it. I was just sort of sat there watching, looking out the window of someone in Wyoming. Um, I'm like, oh, cool. That's, 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 that's fun. I'm like, well, I don't know what I was doing. It was, <laughs> it was literally just like looking out the window but yeah it's yeah absolutely right escapism is key and you know something like pinterest can can really give you that mm. escape and dream and relax and chill and look after yourself and <laughs> you know i i do think as i mentioned before that sort of vibe that they're trying to put out there you know we've watched pinterest webinars where they're you know, they stress it so much from the beginning. They say, we want this platform to be a happy place for people to visit. We don't want the stress of the other platforms. They, you know, they're very specific about that messaging of it not becoming, you know, a place where you feel bad about yourself or are competitive with others and judging yourself. And, you know, I think that's a really admirable um, part of the platform to, prioritize people and their users and make sure that they're looking after them and they're you know not pushing profits ahead of people's well-being so that's, that's on the little soapbox 
I think that emotional connection is really important, Elise. I think Pinterest did the study during lockdown and it was the second platform where people had the biggest emotional bond to the platform. Um, mm -hmm. The only one above it was Spotify, which, you know, who didn't use Spotify to get through their day. Um, but people really go there to get that sense of well-being. And I think that's going to be, I guess, a challenge for Pinterest to check that is constantly being maintained as the advertising options get more and more sophisticated and more and more brands are looking to use it to kind of uh, reach new audiences to check that it still remains authentic for its primary purpose. And two things that I want to touch on, which is uh, one I think we was discussing earlier, um, photo dumps these days and how they're connected to specific memories. But it's almost like if you backtrack a little bit and, and someone puts something together at March 2020 about travel ideas or travel plans and stuff like that, uh, that dump or the, the, them, them series of photographs don't necessarily hold a memory to it, but there's still some sort of attachment from when they did look at it or when they did first cast eyes over it and add it to their board or whatever else or share it with whoever else. So I think as as it does move over more into video on Instagram and TikTok and stuff like that, I think, like I said, I, I know I keep mentioning the word integrity, but if Pinterest are able to keep that up, for sure, there's no reason why um, users will still be using it in the, in the right way, in the most authentic way, you know? I think, though, what... Um... Is, is so interesting from a marketeer's point of view in that regard is that they keep their integrity they keep the user base and they keep people you keep using it in the same way we as marketeers and as advertisers and as creators we can be very savvy and very clever to reaching these audiences and inspiring them to go on and then take further action whether that's make a purchase or whatever it might be um, but we can be, you know, I think that's, it goes back to my earlier point is like sometimes you're clicking on ads on Pinterest, not realizing they're ads, even though they're clearly marked as ads, but you, they're because, because of the way they've been designed, it fits seamlessly into the, into the um, ecosystem of it. So we, I think there's a lot of opportunity for us as marketers and as, and as advertisers to think a little bit differently with Pinterest. And so I kind of, I find, I think it's really refreshing. Um, what sort of advertising options are there on Pinterest, Charlie, in terms of like compared to other platforms and like the sophistication, like the, how we can use data and stuff like that to, to, to make the most of it? Yeah, I mean, I think the main thing is it's got similarities with Twitter in regards to sort of keywords and, uh, and stuff like that, which we can specifically target. So if we wanted to do uh, a condiment spice, for example, there's so many keywords around it that we can that we can bulk out and, and, and try and target in that way. And I think that's what sets it apart initially from the targeting. Obviously, you can plug CRM data in and a variety of other stuff as well, a lot of interest based targeting. But that's not too dissimilar to what sort of Facebook and Instagram offer and even TikTok to a certain point. Um, so in regards to the targeting is that I do feel like there's, it's limited in its capabilities. Um, although it's ultra easy to set up from an advertising point of view. Um, I do think that, I don't know, you can get an array of data from it. Um, but in regards to, I don't know, even like UTM tags and a variety of other stuff. I do just think that it could just be, put together a little bit better and, and, and go from there. So I think um, in regards to what we can do on an ad format wise, it's really progressed in the last few years. So initially it just used to be sort of static images. Then it is sort of moved over into video content. Now we've got collection. Now we've got shopping. Now we've got an array of different stuff as well. I, I, I still do think they're behind the trend a little bit. I still think they're sort of looking at what Facebook and Instagram are doing and even TikTok or maybe Snapchat to a certain point again, right, 
what's working for them can we pull the best bits out and sort of run with it a little bit more but if you fall that far behind it just means when it does get to a point of advertising because it's so far behind it's something that you think about last as opposed to thinking about first so i think user experience can probably be improved slightly um capabilities could definitely be i don't know need some sort of evolution towards it um but by any means i don't think it's a complete write-off anyway in that sort of aspect it's, it's interesting though because obviously pinterest must have so much data on so many people the same way that spotify does and spotify are fantastic at using that to advertise for themselves not for other people they should be mentioned but they use they use that data to advertise for themselves like you know the billboards is like to that one person that was listening to um i wish it could be christmas every day in august in Delaware we salute you that kind of thing like like really fun bits of data and um, I suppose it must be frustrating from a paid media point of view given that how much you can learn about someone by what they're pinning must be quite must be quite frustrating from a targeting point of view to know that you know we could be you know obviously not misusing it but you know really serving people with really interesting content and um you know really really valuable content but we we, if we could only just get our hands on it yeah I think also it is such a missed opportunity if they don't develop that sophistication because it is one it's unique in the sense that if you're searching for example to renovate your bathroom you know that is the time where you would want to receive an ad for a sink and a tap and i you know all those things and those elements whereas you know if i'm on instagram scrolling through the last thing i want is an ad for a bathroom um you know it, it seems like it's the perfect platform for sophisticated advertising yet they're falling behind and you know if they were able to up that and sort of off have their own unique offering and their own capabilities in turn that are different as charlie mentioned from let's say facebook snapchat all the rest you know they could be like really pushing into a new space and you know, delivering ads that people are actually interested in seeing and not ads that you, you know, you wish you could hide or, you know, yeah. get rid of. Uh, I, I do agree with that. I think where I look at it at such a, like a at face value, so it's like basic retargeting or basic ads just to f- fulfill the purpose of what they're trying to do, whether it's be seller products or sort of brand awareness. For example, when I said they was late to the party, um, their dynamic ads, which is where they retarget users with specific products that they've um, looked at before, they launched it at the time that the iOS 14 changes were being implemented. So therefore, they would have lost a lot of retargeting data purely through people opting out to share it. So it's just poorly timed. <laughs> it's, and because they were so far behind, it's like they haven't actually been able to see how much of a benefit that sort of advertising can be because they just haven't prepared for it um, early enough. But I do also agree that we are entering a new space, that there is an opportunity there for them to do something different, do something a little bit um, off the cuff that people aren't sort of exposed to or, or, or they've experienced before. And it'd be interesting to see where they can take it. To dig deeper into paid media, head to our mighty blogs at mightysocial.tech slash blog. I want to talk about social commerce just very quickly and shameless plug uh, mighty social are hosting their first webinar of 2022 all about social commerce and shortening the path to purchase but obviously 
Pinterest have been exploring this idea of social commerce. They've been what they've been up there with with the with the metas and whatnot in trying to in implementing this functionality. Where do you think it stands, all of you, in terms of social commerce and Pinterest? And for me, I sort of see it really helping those smaller. Uh, e-commerce sites, the the people that are selling on Etsy and things like that, that are can re- that are that are maybe creating products themselves and selling it, as opposed to buying a Gucci handbag through through Pinterest. What what are you guys' opinions? I think one, it depends on the industry um, and if it makes sense. Um, we work with, obviously at Mighty Social, we work with an array of different industries and brands and stuff like that. And um, Pinterest just doesn't fall into the thinking uh, for some of my clients, just purely because it's so distant from what they're used to or the type of demographic that they're going after and stuff like that. And obviously Pinterest um, is applicable to all. Um, it still has its sort of pros and cons. So obviously you focus on homeware, foods, health, that sort of sector, things that are more sort of personable and, and stuff like that. And I feel like with the bigger brands, they don't necessarily need that. They don't, they, they need to connect sort of um, with their consumers and with their demographic, but they can, I feel like they almost feel like they can do it in a separate way. Whereas I feel like the smaller brands, the people that care about the customers, you might have a, a business where they know exactly who's reordered over the last year because it's, it's a lot more personable. They write little messages and, and, and they know who's going to purchase around sort of the same times and stuff like that. And I feel like to be able to build sort of, one an organic audience to, to to help sales or to help sort of brand awareness is, is is fantastic but and also to be able to maintain a fantastic relationship and to use content in the most in the best way possible i think pinterest really helps with that so i feel like more often than not smaller brands will see it as much more of a benefit towards bigger brands unless the industry sort of applies to it if that makes sense yeah i think what you're saying about smaller brands has a, a really good point there charlie because you know, Pinterest really is a place for discovery and 46% of pinners discover a new brand or product in Pinterest. That's huge. You don't get that level of discovery on other platforms. Um, so I do think there is a huge opportunity for smaller brands, but I do think some bigger brands that aren't on Pinterest are really missing a trick. Mm-hmm. So I was discussing Pinterest with some of my brands the other day and they were saying, do you think it's better the ads on Pinterest or Instagram? or meta as it is and I was saying I wouldn't directly compare because they have different purposes so your Pinterest you know you're going to look at that discovery that aspirational that plan and mindset the kind of beginning of the journey it's a different place that you're talking to your consumers but it's equally just as valuable they might not be buying now but things like we were discussing nursery planning when the little one comes along all of their Pinterest board is going to show the aesthetic for that whole nursery and they might not buy until you know three six nine months time when the baby's born but that discovery stage if you miss out on that then you're never going to get those consumers back i think that's a good point and it also shows how pinterest can just fit into the mix and it doesn't necessarily need to stand alone as a platform in terms of marketing but as a as an adjunct or a you know support and um, to work alongside other platforms it's very valuable and it shouldn't really be ignored or you know just thrown away as an option um just because of <laughs> the size let's say because as victoria mentioned right at the beginning the user base is absolutely huge and you know it's not something you want to ignore for more on social commerce and shortening the path to purchase check out our mighty blogs at mightysocial.tech slash blog. So 
we've touched on it, um, but Pinterest has, you know, typically had the reputation of primarily being a, uh, a female-dominated uh, platform. Where do you think this sits in 2022, Victoria? I know you were listening to so you were listening to some interesting comments by the um, the marketing director of Pinterest for Europe the other day. But where do you think uh, the de- the demographics of Pinterest sit in 2022? Yeah, it's an interesting one because Pinterest is obviously growing their male demographic, but they're still at the moment 77% female. Um, when this question was addressed to kind of uh, one of a senior member of the Pinterest team, they said. So what we think that's fantastic, essentially, as a brand, you're talking to the CEO or decision maker of most households. I mean, I think sometimes brands discourage or say, oh, is it Pinterest just for women? Why would you not be wanting to talk to your female audience there? No matter what the purchase is, studies have consistently shown again and again, even if it's a purchase for a male in the household or the children in the household, females are at least going to be part of that conversation and that decision-making, you know, journey. So I would say don't discount it because it's primarily female. It's a hugely important interest for every brand to talk to. And I wouldn't ever count it out for that respect. But even if they are growing the male demographic, you know, um, and they're doing a lot of things on startup business leaders for men as well and females, Mm. but that's, you know, a new area they're completely growing, which they've never really touched on before. And they're doing like a whole series on that, which is really interesting to explore. I think from a male point of view, like it goes back to social commerce again. If you're able to make a purchase with there within the platform, I think that suits a male uh, mindset very much down to the ground where generally speaking, I don't want to speak for you, Charlie, but certainly I don't yeah. do a whole lot of research. If I see something, I just tend to buy it as opposed to looking around for a better deal, looking for variations of the theme. Mm-hmm. I see it and I want it. I'll buy it or I can afford, yeah. afford it. I'll buy it. So I think that sort of fits really well within the mindset of social commerce and Pinterest. I think how the different demographics use Pinterest is, is, old, uh, is very important within this as well. So I think, women probably use this as sort of like an online mood board to view products or images that they specifically aspire to. So therefore they probably use it in a much more sort of motivational way than what men would. Um, they might look at it as a visual bookmarking tool. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I see something somewhere where it's like within the clothes, clothes and fashion industry, men are tw- twice as likely as women to say the number one reason for pinning is to showcase products they already own. Whereas women would probably pin stuff that they aspire to or they're working towards that they or they like the look of and they want to match it with something else that they see local i don't know whatever it might be it depends on on their intent to do it but i think the actual way that they think about it and the way that they use the platform is it says a long thing and, and what you just said there about um actually how how short can we make the purchase <laughs> as men i'm the same as soon as i see it i'm like right it's connected with me straight away. I'm going to go buy it then. Whereas women, I think, tend to shop around, make sure that actually what it again is good quality, uh, the best that it can get, um, and obviously makes sense for them as well. You know? Imagine if we could apply that to travel, Charlie. Like, <laughs> if, you, if you're looking at inspirational pictures of Thai beaches, and you're like, yeah, done, booking it. Whereas my <laughs> wife, Danny, she'll have like a million tabs open on the laptop. She'll be yeah. like, she'll be there for hours and days, even getting all the, assessing all the different things. This time, you know, whereas I look at a nice Thai beach and I see an advert for it on Expedia. I'm like, yeah, done, easy. Yeah. Wicked, we'll go there. <laughs> no problem. Currently we'll landed there. up in Thailand. At <laughs> least <laughs> I know you've actually redone your kitchen recently. Did you use Pinterest to kind of search and get some inspiration for that? Definitely. We... 
it's hard to say whether I actually used any of it. Um, I didn't purchase anything through Pinterest, but I definitely got inspired, got some ideas, um, you know, looked at a lot of finished products because when you're renovating or, you know, doing something that has multi purchases, you want to see the end result. And I think Pinterest is really good for that as well. So, you know, it's not just like, you know, one part of the kitchen, it's the whole thing and the whole vibe. So um, I found it very helpful and a really, really useful tool um, towards my renovation goals. <laughs> and, and I'm really happy with my kitchen. So <laughs> thank on, you. And on, on the flip side, I'm, I'm getting my bathroom done at the moment. My, 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 uh, my journey is going B&Q, going Tops Tiles, picking out one or two things and then going, right, let's, let's crack on and go from there. Um, I'll take much Charlie, more. I'll put this. together a pin board for you, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. To be fair, I, like I said, I'm, I'm on in, uh, Pinterest quite a bit and stuff like that, but you, you, you can get some inspiration from it, but I think going out and, 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 and seeing it in, in person and stuff like that is, is, is much more like, okay, cool, I'm going good for that. And I think that defines the sort of customer journey that you've had as opposed to what I've had. And it's, it's, it's interesting in that in that in that frame of mind and the same thing with the renovation it's like you can see something on pinterest from start to finish whereas i can see maybe a tiktok video or a youtube video someone doing it in two minutes and going oh well that's good <laughs> let's let's see if i can apply it to me you know when it comes to home improvement i think trends are also a big thing especially on pinterest so you know let's just take lighting for example um you know i i did pin quite a few pendant lights um and ended up purchasing one it wasn't necessarily the one that I, I had pinned but you know looking at the different seeing what is trending in terms of um kitchen design at the moment um did lead me to some decisions and i think the fact that pinterest is right on the ball when it comes to trends and they're very up to date and they you know their algorithm is quite sophisticated i mean um just the minute you hit on something you're getting lots of suggestions for pins that are similar to it, but in a really sort of intuitive way, as opposed to, you know, they, they match it up really, really well. Um, and, you know, when you have a curated pin board, it's amazing how specific it is to what you're looking for. I find that very, very impressive when it comes to that. The future of Pinterest, where does it sit? How do you predict it's going to evolve in the next three years? Charlie, what do you reckon? I think it probably, I don't know. I know we spoke about integrity and stuff like that, but I do think uh, it should maybe take a leaf out of TikTok and Instagram's book. And not necessarily saying it needs to focus on specific video content and Instagram shops and all this other stuff either. But even little things like um, improving Pinterest stories um, and how users are interacting with it. Um, it could be simple things like making sure polls are more visible or more interactive and people can interact in that way. Um, in, in, Instagram stories has been key to how Instagram has been able to grow as a platform. And they took the idea from Snapchat and just perfected it and, and, and sort of made it their own. So it's not a case where they need to copy it verbatim or anything like that, but I feel like they just need to take some sort of learning from it to go, right, how can we get people interacting more, one, amongst each other, but two, with new features that we've got coming out and making them aware of but that's what it is. I think from a paid media standpoint, it's also key for advertisers to be able to get as much as they can from the advertising on the 
uh, on the platform. So if we feel restricted in any way, we're going to feel a little less likely to use it. So that means they're just missing out on revenue from from advertisers and, uh, and brands alike. But yeah, I definitely feel like there's some evolution that can be done. Um, but it's a, it's a tricky one because we, we speak about integrity and then we also speak about <laughs> um, taking ideas from other platforms. It's, a, it's, it's one that's a weird one that sits in the middle, you know? Um, I think they're going to keep pushing towards making the platform more sophisticated and, you know, create this um, better user shopping journey. Um, I think they could probably spend some time on maybe design features. And as Charlie said, like integrating new features in a really strong visual way. Um, it's interesting because some of the platforms are, <laughs> in my opinion are quite outdated in terms of their design and their usability. Like, you know, just taking Facebook, for example, I mean, it's just, it hasn't changed very much since its inception. And it's quite difficult to use in some ways, like, my husband's not on Facebook, and he sometimes I'll show him something. And he's like, how do you use this? It's so, you know, it just goes against every sort of instinct you have, because it's sort of based, you know, from many, many years ago. And I think, if they were to do something intuitive with the design, maybe they could push ahead and stand out from competitors because it is such a design and aesthetic based platform. So I think people might start using Pinterest more businesses for like a research tool. Um, so I don't know if I was a nail business, I would be looking, you know, galaxy nails was a really cool trend at the moment. You know, this month is up 115% people searching for that. If I was a nail bar and I was like, what you know nail varnishes should I be promoting to my consumer I wouldn't be asking them I'd be looking on Pinterest mm -hmm. um, and I think businesses whether they have a presence or without advertising on it or not it's a really good place for them to kind of see what's in fashion right now what people are searching for what people are interested in if I was a hairdressing salon I would be looking at the fact that Rebel Cuts 190% increase in search for this, you know, I put mullets on my window on my models and advertising people with this. Um, so almost using it like as a research tool, which um, I think we're all doing as marketers and creators are doing, but I don't even think other businesses have even considered using it in that way. Yeah, I'm with you. I think if I was, if I was a wedding based brand, if I project, if I produced a product that was anything to do with weddings, I would be all over Pinterest now that, now that we're coming out of this world of, of uh, coronavirus and weddings might start taking a bit of a normal turn again i'd be all over all over pinterest and you're absolutely right that you use it for research you use it to see what's trending and you use that to uh, to promote whatever products that you have well guys thank you ever so much for joining uh this afternoon uh it's been great fun talking to you and thank you too for listening as well uh, it's great to have you here um be sure to head to mightysocial.tech for details of our social commerce webinar that's taking place on the 3rd of February at 11 a.m. GMT. It's a LinkedIn Live, and I'm sure all our listeners have a LinkedIn account, so there won't be any issues with you logging in and signing up to that. Uh, I've been Alistair Reid. Thank you to Elise, Charlie, and Victoria. And until next time, see you soon. You're listening to Talking Mighty, the social media podcast brought to you by Mighty Social.